This podcast is presented by Pacific Office Automation, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at PacificOffice.com. Into the end zone for the touchdown. Hollywood Brown has been spectacular. Connor to the five and into the end zone for the touchdown. Welcome to Cardinals Underground, presented by Pacific Office Automation. Visit PacificOffice.com. Problem solved. Touchdown, Kyler Murray. That defender is in multiple pieces. Oh, that was nasty right there, right? The latest news and notes from the insiders who cover the team. Drilled by Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is balling. Bring it on, bring it on. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. I ain't scared of nobody. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm not sure whether to start with the all-combine team that I saw on NFL.com, because I, I know you guys would have serious thoughts having attended and covered the, the Combine. Or would you like to start with my new marketing mantra, which I think came to fruition, actually, at the Combine that both Darren Urban and Danny Sarek just covered in person, Pauly Podcast over here on Cardinals Underground. Which direction would you like to start, Darren, as you have that earnest look on your face? So I'll begin with you. Well, I mean, I can only say that if you have an all-Combine team if Danny's not on it I mean goodness gracious <laughs> good that's good Danny I don't you know I why only, are you looking at me Darren are you I'm scared not to make eye contact with me at the moment <laughs> I didn't see any special teams maybe there's a special teams performer and, and you know so like the Pro Bowl and Danny you because have, I didn't see you on the offense or defense how did how how would you have an all combine team dare I ask the all combine we team we only said like four people <laughs> interior D lineman who I think is on the Cardinals r- radar by the way Brian Brissy, the guy out of Clemson yeah and uh I mean he is an extra large dude, and he had a uh, superior workout, so they named him first team interior D line all combine. So Wait, this is real. I'm, I'm trying to say this without. Oh yeah, it's NFL.com. Why? Well, so so if, if the guys don't, your all combine team corner Christian Gonzalez, who has got a lot of run with the Cardinals because he's the brother-in-law of he's David the, Blau. Yeah, brother-in-law of David Blau. Okay. Blau. Yeah. Okay. But so like, if you don't work out, so if you're like Tyree Wilson, you can't be on that. Oh team. no, no, no! You have to be a real full participant in the combine. Really embrace everything the combine offers before well, you Danny. can find yourself on the all combine team. What, I'm going to take that as a compliment. I don't think it was intended to be one, but I'm going to take it as a compliment. Darren, if you're nominating Danny... I don't know why you wouldn't think it was a take I mean, you should know you've been covering the Combine for a couple decades. So yes. what, what makes Danny all Combine 2023? Go ahead, elaborate. First of all, she's got the youth at this point, which is very Not important much at the longer. Combine. I wasn't going to say that. But yeah, got a birthday this week. Not much longer, Darren. Uh, unfortunately, there's at the Combine, there is a there's more things to do or... I don't know if there's more things to do, but it feels like there's not enough hours in the day to, to get to everything that, you know, you potentially could get. At. I, I'll be honest. I don't know how some of these reporters and or scouts and or coaches operate sometimes with as little sleep as I get. That's not me. I wasn't I wasn't going to do some of that stuff. If I heard right, a lot of the interviews lasted till 10 or 11 o'clock at night. Correct. Right. The team interviews yes, correct. with the prospects. Yes. And then I'm guessing um, they had a nightcap of some sort, and then they're up early in the next morning, and then boom, this just perpetuates itself, right? That's correct. Or a lot of them would have interviews or something in the morning, then they'd have most of the afternoon off, and then go back again at night. Like, the schedule wasn't always just you go all day. Sometimes they had weird breaks in between, or you'd have to get up early, but then you would have time to relax in the afternoon. Well, sure, it's made for TV. 
right? You got to have the, uh, the nighttime performance. Well, by- I mean, that's why that's why all the quarterbacks and receivers are on the weekend now. It used to be all the offensive players were early in the week and the defensive players were later in the week. And I'm guessing they flip flop so they could get the quarterbacks throwing on yeah. television over the weekend. Because if I remember right, the offensive linemen used to be first. Yes. And now they're last. They're, yes. you know, it's the old Ricky Bobby. If you're not first, you're last. And well, they're last. They're on Sunday, so don't take a personal offensive lineman. And then they also separated the on-field workouts from the bench press because the agents squawked about that. They, they didn't like their, their clients doing the bench press and, and the workouts, whatever. It's all done. It's in the books. And you know what? The best-case scenario, I think, came to fruition for the Cardinals. And this leads me to my marketing mantra, which is AZ needs three. Three quarterbacks. You need three quarterbacks. That's what you need atop. He went in with Bryce Young, number one. I think he's still number one, although now we're getting some reports otherwise, which is only beneficial to the Cardinals. C.J. Stroud killed it. Did he not? Crushed it. All the reports I saw, I saw a few highlights here or there, said he looked really crisp making every single throw. Once again, on air. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just saying this is what happens. We know how this works. And then, of course, Anthony Richardson who basically rewrote the combine record book for quarterbacks. So, you know, don't make me break out some of the numbers, Danny. You're, you're looking a little skeptical well, over there. I mean, when Anthony Richardson runs the 4-4-3, when Anthony Richardson, his hand size is bigger than DeAndre Hopkins. I was disappointed there wasn't more hand size conversation at the combine. That, that's what happens when you move the quarterbacks to the weekend. Because we all know Joe Burrow with only nine-inch hands can't play. That I mean, used to be the dominant Joe, topic a right. couple of combines. Joe Burrow's a disaster, obviously, because he had the small hands back at the combine three years ago. Well, the, the first I was... <laughs> what do you got to say, Danny? <laughs> I, didn't know if, I didn't know if Paul was going to read off more stats. My, my, the face I made with Anthony Richardson was in, it was interesting seeing that those discussions on the type of combine he had. And that's that's the point of the combine, right, is to you know, up your value before the draft. But what's interesting to me is when players seem to have such a jump, at least online, what you're reading at the Combine, the point of the Combine isn't really to change your mind. All of that is made up throughout the year based on the tape you're watching. That The Combine is really just to finalize what you already think and really utilize the interview. So it is, and and I'm not trying to take away, you know, the, the Combine does have value in in the sense that for players like Richardson you can go and you can showcase you know your skill set it is just interesting to me of when players are talked about having such an amazing combine and being a surprise standout because that means it doesn't really match the tape and if that's the case which are you going to trust I think ultimately one of the dumber things that I've heard over my two decades is the idea that there's like big risers and fallers on the draft board. Now, can that happen? Yes. Is Jalen Carter, did he fall some because of what happened over the combine? Yes. But in in general, when you hear a guy is quote unquote rising on draft boards, no, you're just figuring out that he was that high in the first place because there's more people around the combine who have loose lips and are willing to say some stuff that you might not have known anyways. But my guess is Anthony, it's not like Anthony Richardson was a third-round pick in everybody's eyes, and now all of a sudden, after two days in Indianapolis, everybody sees him as a top-five pick. I, ref, I refuse to believe that. That is just not true. Um, it's just like the Patrick Mahomes thing. I mean, 
I, I remember at one point people were saying, oh, Patrick Mahomes, he's not going to go to the third round. And then he ends up going whatever he went, 10th, and the Cardinals were hoping he was going to drop to 15. Well, the, he was always always under consideration. The problem is is people kept it close to the vest because they didn't want anybody to know. Well, look, I'll, I'll just cite the uh, Rich Eisen show, and, and he's the anchor of most of the NFL Network coverage. He is. Yes. Within the last 24 hours, he put out there, quote, a rumor I've heard is don't discount Anthony Richardson going first overall. An NFL executive recently told Rich Eisen, quote, he's a blend of Josh Allen, Cam Newton, and Justin Fields. Right. And, and do, you, do you think they, oh. they came to that conclusion at Indy? Well, when he's out there and he's the he has the highest vertical for any quarterback ever, Darren, and he's the only quarterback two hundred thirty plus pounds to ever run a sub four five forty, and all the other measurables, and then the arm that you saw out there akin to a Jamarcus Russell. Look, we know what happened to Jamarcus Russell when he put on the arm display some twenty years ago, right? Mitch Trubisky. You don't more recently. You don't think these guys did Trey Lance? I mean, these guys did. I, I, I get what you're saying. A lot of times it's just the known versus the unknown, but some of these guys did truly climb the draft board in the time from the combine until late April. I mean, no, at least a, enough quarterbacks that once again gets back to my marketing mantra. You knew about Bryce Young. You knew about C.J. Stroud. If you could get that third guy because the Cardinals are picking number three. But, but again, are they rising up the draft board or is it just people are realizing you're in the NFL, okay, we, we can't afford to not – Get a, I mean, I, I just, I'm sorry. I just don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I, You're I right. Don't. If they go back to the film, the film is still the film. In my mind, Anthony Richardson, I've said this before, is this year's Trey Lance because he only has 13 starts total at Florida. There, there's not a big body of work for you to evaluate. But I've also said this, that the best thing that happened to the Cardinals and to Anthony Richardson is Josh Allen because his accuracy got better. He had a woeful completion percentage to start his NFL career and it slowly but surely and steadily improved year after year and Josh Allen has been the exception to the rule that you can't improve your accuracy so the one drawback obviously in Anthony Richardson is that completion percentage but if there's a recent example Josh Allen who's now a top three quarterback on the planet you wonder we know how desperate teams can get you know with or without a quarterback you're one or the other and if somebody's going to come up Maybe they come up to number three if Richardson is still on the board. Well, here's my question. I don't I don't have the order in front of me. I guess I pull it up. I know that one is Chicago, two is Houston, yep. three, three is Cardinals, Cardinals four is Colts, Colts five, five is, C- is Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. So as you continue to go down, my only thought of, of trading back is how many teams need quarterbacks after the Colts? Because You the, could still argue the Seahawks, even though they signed Geno Smith. Maybe I mean they're they're definitely leaving that out there in impossible uh, possible trade. In fact, Co- Coach in, Double in, in Rainbow just 10. said as much. Pete well, Carroll just said as much, or, just to, so they don't show their hand. Let's, Pan- let's Panthers look at like nine. Ten to twelve. Okay. Panthers at nine. Yep. Washington Raiders at, at seven. Raiders at seven. Yep. Washington Raiders. at sixteen. So plenty of teams that would need a quarterback. And so. then Atlanta at eight. Are they sticking with Desmond no, Ritter? No. Re- Atlanta. I would I would say six is the Lions, who I know they have golf, but. If somebody fell to them, who knows? Because I saw somebody giving them before the combine Richardson at eighteen. Right. Okay. So you got Lions at six. You got Raiders at seven. They need a quarterback. You got Falcons at eight. They need a quarterback. You have Panthers at nine. They need a quarterback. So yeah, there are going to be teams that could move up, uh, assuming they don't sign Lamar Jackson. 
And by the way, just to give you some recent history uh, on what teams have given up to trade, like, for example, the Niners in 21, they went from 12-3 to to take Trey Lance. They gave up two first rounds, and then they swapped first rounds, and they gave up a third round. And then to come up from 6-3 to in 18, the New York Jets, to take Sam Darnold, gave up three second-round picks to get from 6-3. to The Eagles in 16, to go from 8-2, to gave up a first, a second, a third, and a fourth. My, here's the thing. If you're, I, I just don't see how the Bears stay where they are and then the Cardinals trade out. I think the Bears, I saw one mock draft, which if the Bears can do this, incredible. They had them, they had a mock where the Texans flipped with them and they gave them like a first and they swapped first and then they got a pick. And then they had the Bears trading with the Colts. So the Bears traded twice got down to four, got all that extra picks, and still got Will Anderson. Oh, what'd the Cardinals do at three? Uh, they, had the, they had the Cardinals trading out f- for a quarterback. <laughs> wow. So they, I think they had yeah. the Cardinals trading with the Panthers going all the way back to nine and then getting Witherspoon maybe? Or? I mean, look, as far as the Cardinals are concerned, it, it doesn't really matter what teams are in front of them as long as quarterbacks go one and two. Correct. That's, that's, that's the key. And then the question becomes, all right, is it automatically Will Anderson? What was interesting is hours ago we did the Red Sea Report and Drew Stanton, longtime NFL quarterback, former Cardinals QB, was our guest host. And I put that to him. I said, look, Will Anderson's there at three or you get a call and there's a couple of first-round picks in the other line. He said, I run up there and take Will Anderson. Here's, here's, here's my dream scenario. This is from a quarterback. Here's my dream scenario. My dream scenario is – Somebody outside the top four trades with the Bears to get all the way up to number one. The Bears get their haul. They take a quarterback. Texans take a quarterback. The Colts, desperate to get a quarterback, swap with the Cardinals to get to third to get the the last of the three, and then the Cardinals still get Will Anderson, and they get something. That would be a double ding, no doubt. Wait, you would, you would have the Cardinals and the Colts swap. Tr- right. I, why, why, I, why, though? Look. Well, let, let's say for instance, right? Because Cardinals don't need a quarterback, so why would I guess to prevent well, the Cardinals from trading back and another team coming correct, up? Right, I see. Correct. The Colts don't know who's calling the Cardinals. No. And hey, at that, and at that point, there'd only yeah. be one quarterback left. Okay. That you I like that. Like. We got the Raiders at seven. Indianapolis. They want a quarterback. You better make the move. You know, you better be sure you get your guy at number three. Absolutely. And then you get Will Anderson. You get so. Just to move that down. won't happen, by the way. Just to, I, I don't want to get everybody excited. It never happens that way. I mean, in that scenario, you'd probably take a second-round pick because you're, you're going to get your guy, Will Anderson, so you take maybe a second-round pick. They're only moving up one spot. I mean, the Colts are fourth in the second round. That wouldn't be too bad. Exactly. So, I, I like that idea of keeping the third overall pick, unless you are doing something like a swap with the Colts there. And then you have the third pick in – and every other round. So I think you could package those if you are trying to get more draft capital. It'll be interesting. The other thing is interesting to me is if the Colts or the Bears don't trade or don't, yeah, don't trade and they take Will Anderson. Off off the top of your head, Darren, mm-hmm. thinking about trying to think of what trades the Cardinals do not have draft picks from. The Cardinals have their own picks in one, two, three, four, and six. Oh, okay. I believe it. So they traded away five and seven this year, I think. Were those for Anderson? Uh, 
No, no, those are Anderson's picks aren't until the next two years. Okay. Um, I know the Cardinals have five picks right now because I'm expecting them to get three comp picks, and those haven't been announced yet. Those figure to be an extra third, an extra sixth, an uh, extra third, extra fifth, extra sixth. That extra, so. that extra third will be nice. Christian wow. Kirk, thanks. Mm. It's It'll be the, actually the best comp pick there is. According to calculations, you, you know maybe the best thing I've heard about Will Anderson, and and there's a lot to like, is when Mel Kiper puts out a scouting report and he says, and I quote, "Doesn't take plays off." That isn't that music to everyone's ears when you're talking about defensive line guys who are notorious for picking their spots. If he is truly that guy who has that nonstop motor, you know, a Bosa type motor, a JJ Watt type motor then that just solidifies. I mean, that that's just – it makes it a slam dunk of a selection if Will Anderson is still there at three. What if he is there at three, but you also get a trade offer? Yeah, we, we, we've discussed this, Darren. Uh, there would be a tear shed. Uh, obviously, you know, you're investing in the future, especially if it's like a first-rounder. In addition to this year, you get one next year, and then you have to wait around. And, you know, so, uh, yeah, it's uh, – but once again – if Will Anderson was draft eligible a year ago, he probably would have gone instead of Trayvon Walker. Correct. So he would have. You better proceed cautiously before you trade away Will Anderson if he's on the board. I know that online there are people who I, I understand feel that you should trade back, you should collect more picks because they see this season as I personally don't see it as rebuilding, but not having your franchise quarterback to start and all the moves that have to be made and the players that you've lost, whether or not you're going to re-sign a Zach Allen, a Byron Murphy, that people online are thinking you should just collect draft picks, work with what you got this year, and really work moving forward. And I don't like that. I don't like that thought at all. Because first of all, and we, we've talked about this when the Cardinals haven't been doing well to end the season, of the fact that these coaches and players are fighting for their jobs and, and, their, and their livelihood, that nobody's going to be content with just saying, I can guarantee you not with a new general manager and front office staff and a new head coach and coaching staff, nobody is going to come in and be content with being content. That's not going to be the thought process at all was, is going to be, let's just get as many picks as we can with a third overall and we'll kind of, you know, get by with what we can this year and really, really beef up next year. That's not going to be the thought process at all. And so that's that's the one I the the part I don't like about people wanting to trade back out of three. Because if you get a Will Anderson, that is somebody who can be a top tier player for years to come and can make an immediate impact. To me, if Will Anderson is a Von Miller type, a Khalil Mack type, if he's gonna be one of those guys, I would like to see them stay because they're so hard to get. And you're not going to get them if you trade down to nine. You're not going to get a player like that. And I do think uh, once you get, I, I I do think once you get past him, there's 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 questions and a lot of a lot of the same. I mean, I'm not saying you can't benefit from other good picks, but he seems to be one of the few, very few guys in this draft where you're thinking to yourself, okay, this guy should be a lock. So NFL Network this morning, one of the reporters said that the word at the Combine was about Carolina, and they were ultra-aggressive in their talks about trying to move up, talking to teams near the top of the draft. 
Now, they didn't name the names. Don't know if they specifically spoke to the Cardinals, but that Carolina is being ultra-aggressive right now about moving up, taking a quarterback atop this draft. So the scenario I threw out to Drew Stanton was, well, let's say you swing a deal with Carolina and you get a couple of first-round picks. You get their number nine, and then, I don't know, somehow you get something later because didn't they get something out of McCaffrey, whatever. What if you could turn Will Anderson at number three into a stud defensive lineman in the top ten? I mean, that Brian Brissy guy out of Clemson. And a corner, because I think corner is the underrated position group so far. We're probably not spending enough time on and talking about the Cardinals. We're talking edge rusher. We're talking D-line. We're talking about rebuilding the offensive line. But corner and – you know, and then Drew's response was, and we hashed this out a little bit, and finally I acquiesced and I said, you know what, yeah, there are four or five top corners in this draft, but there is there truly one standout corner compared to everyone else like there is a Will Anderson See, compared to the edge rushers? I don't think there is, and Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network said that he actually has 20 cornerbacks that he consider wow. first three-round material. And that's that would be a starting cornerback. And let's, again, not forget that we are talking about a team that has the third pick of the second round, which you fig, figure yeah. you would be able to get a pretty good cornerback there. So if there's a half dozen elite quarterbacks, cornerbacks, then yeah. boom, atop the second round. Because most accounts, there's no Sauce Gardner in this draft, no, right? I don't think so. Not, not, not as polished. I mean, I mean, you talk about the Gonzalez kid, a couple of the other kids. Poor, I mean, you've got some size. You got, but but nobody's thinking to yourselves. Okay, these guys are drop, drop dead, you know, elite type guys. At this moment, assuming let let's just say that the Cardinals and and Byron Murphy they they move on from each other, and we obviously don't know what's going to happen yet because free agency, the new league year hasn't happened. But with what you have on the roster, if this is what you are for most of your pieces sticking around, even if they bring Zach Allen back. I agree that I think you could probably find a corner where the drop-off between the first and second round is not as big as a Will Anderson versus someone in the second round. And I think with the pieces you're building off of, I would much rather beef up that defensive line with a player like Will Anderson, I think, at this moment than a cornerback. Not to diminish the cornerback position, but I think with who is on the roster right now, again, not knowing obviously what's going to come with free agency, that to me feels when you have this opportunity and you have a player like that, that will likely be an option for you. That to me feels like a no-brainer. And you know what I always forget is that Sauce Gardner was not the first cornerback taken last year. At number three overall was Derek Stingley Jr. to Houston. And then Sauce Gardner went four to the New York Jets. I, I totally forgot about that. Hey, Kansas City, your Super Bowl champion, got Trent McDuffie number 21 last year so well, i mean if we're going to start playing that you game know, you, uh, yeah. what's his name went to seattle in the fifth yeah. round and that is the segue to the stinking seahawks at number five overall and you're right they got Tariq woolen yeah. in the fifth round he's pretty good Wait, I, and probably and second best corner in the draft at this point yeah. that that pick for seattle's from denver you mean the the fifth overall right yes yes the denver pick yeah so for the great russell wilson right. speaking of quarterbacks daniel jones just signed while we're sitting here, really, really? for Do how tell. much did he get? Forty-five. Well, first, first thing is one sixty over four years, but we'll see what happens because the initial numbers for Geno Smith ended up being way over inflated too. So we'll see. Those are always agent numbers, but that also means I'm assuming, uh, as we sit here a couple minutes before the deadline, that means Saquon Barkley will get the franchise tag. But we'll we'll see. 
Yeah, the report on Geno Smith, as long as we're talking about the Seahawks, three years, $105 million. That's from the agent. In reality, it's two years, $40 million guaranteed, and probably closer to 50 before the Seahawks could get out of it. Sort of like Derek Carr, four years, $150 million. But when the sports business people break it down, it's really two years, $60 million, maybe closer to 70 before the Saints could get out of that one. So with the Seahawks sitting at five, does that influence anything, Darren? The Cardinals might be thinking at three, meaning do we dare trade out of number three and cash in that pick and then leave Will Anderson potentially on the board for the Seahawks at number five? I, I, I mean, let's face it, that I, I could just see that being just this horrible, horrible <laughs> thing play out for the Cardinals, that you, you pass on Will Anderson, you make a great trade and all those things, and you get some stuff out of it, but then Will Anderson's in Seattle and wreaking havoc on your quarterback for the next ten years or whatever. I don't. I don't need another DK Metcalf situation. Oh, yeah, that's true. I Andy is I Andy on the bingo card? By the way, there is no bingo card this oh, week, Paul. I dropped no. the ball. I'm holding myself accountable. That seems yep. to be the word of the year around the facility. So I'm going to hold myself accountable that I, I dropped the ball. I have the bingo card on my computer, but I'm trying to add more phrases so that we can all have different boards so that we're it's less likely yeah. that we will She's get bingo it at the, to same the next time. level paul this is it's the off season yeah. it's where you really ramp things up I, I throw out there the complacency kills progress but actually you coined a different saying earlier in did the podcast oh, no, when I you say? said you can't be content with being content i did say that thanks for listening paul we're gonna put that on a placard right over in the girls room where danny works you can't be content with well being content. hang on when you say it like that it makes it sound like the bathroom and that's not the case <laughs> no because paul's sitting in there our oh, office okay. our Wait, office our office has four clarify <laughs> let, let me that. clarify this real quick our office has four desks that are separated by these tall dividers it is myself our team photographer another editor who are all females and Paul, so we joke that our little fishbowl room, because our, our walls don't hit the ceiling, so it's kind of open, we joke that our room is called the girls' room and Paul. So that's what Paul means. You can also call yeah. it the fun zone, but I don't want people right. thinking that the girls' that's room like a, is like, I work by the bathroom. That's like a song with like a featuring, the girls' room featuring and Paul, Paul Calvisi. <laughs> Except there's just a big sign that says girls' room. There's no mention of my name. <laughs> Danny mentions it oh, as, if, as if there's no mention of my name whatsoever. It's just girls' room, and then what's the old and guy student sitting over there? I, I'm, I'm actually really disappointed <laughs> that it is. that there's that we have the uh, that they they put the the pictures on the on the fishbowl walls because when it was really the fishbowl long before Danny showed up. And then, and the, it was just glass windows that you could look right in. <laughs> oh right. gosh! And, a, and on a June afternoon, oh, it gets a, hot it's in about there. Buck forty-five. You know there. why those pictures are up though? That was the hidden control room for All or Nothing in 2015. That's right. Oh, I did not know and they that. And they did not want yeah. most of the building understanding what was going on in yeah. there, so they That's right. covered it up. Looked like the Johnson Space Center in Houston yeah, from I NASA. Did. There were so many controls in there. So where were you exactly on this? Uh, the Saquon Barkley getting the franchise tag? Okay. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. So the non-exclusive tender meaning someone can come in with a couple of first-round picks and then get a deal done. Supposedly he can't negotiate with Miami until after the draft, though, because the Dolphins do not have a first-round pick in this year's draft. So if the Dolphins want to give up two first-rounders, which precludes them from getting a deal done with Lamar until after the draft. Why is Miami? a lot of people are syncing up Lamar's hometown, oh. the fact that Tua most likely isn't going to be long-term, 
And what could Mike McDaniel do with Lamar Jackson, considering he comes from the Kyle Shanahan tree in that run game? That would be lethal. It is crazy to me when years from now Baltimore looks back at just what they had and what is happening. So now. we're we're assuming Lamar's gone. I'm assuming so. You, I, I mean, I I'm not because all Baltimore has to do is say, "Yeah, that contract works for us. We'll we'll match it." That is true. Um, but speaking of Miami, not to completely change it, did you guys see online the tweet? I don't remember who said it or, or how much credibility there is that supposedly. Tom Brady might not actually be done, and Miami might be a team to look out for. Well, you saw Tom Brady's tweet, didn't you? No, I didn't. He goes, anybody who thinks I have the time to go back to playing NFL football doesn't understand that I just adopted a two-week-old kitten for my daughter. Oh, so he's funny now? Yeah, yeah. so that was yeah, he's that, that was his uh, attempt. Apparently well, not to you. Hey, that's the second team mentioned in association with Tom Brady this week because to start the week, there was a mention that uh, I think it was Michael Silver who said, and I'm looking at it right here, I just found it, I'd expect the Niners to place a call to Tom Brady to see if there's any chance they could convince him to end his retirement and play a final season with his hometown team. This is in the event that Brock Purdy, his elbow wasn't his ready. Did you give them season. that idea, Paul? Yeah. I feel like we just cool. we just went back in time a year. We've talked about this. We have talked about this. There's no doubt in my mind that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers would love to play for their hometown team. There's just a couple of problems with that. Uh, A, the quarterbacks they already had under contract. Then the emergence of Brock Purdy. And in most recently the case of Tom Brady, the worst game he played all year was in Santa Clara late in the season against the 49ers. He was horrendous in that game. Brock Purdy was so much better. Well, he was playing against the 49ers defense, though. That's true. But, I mean, he was missing throws, and it was just he looked skittish. And Brock Purdy uh, was cool and He didn't look super good against the Cardinals. So, look, um, so we'll see how – but I would not be shocked. Not shocked at all. And do I have any reason to say this other than these rogue reports out there? But I wouldn't be shocked if Tom Brady – was a 49ers quarterback next year, just based on where that whole thing is tracking right now. What if Aaron Rodgers were a Jet? Well, as of this recording, they're talking. that And, and Jets ownership has flown to California to resume conversations in person with Aaron Rodgers. So, yes, it is eerily familiar with what happened to Brett Favre and the end of his tenure in Green Bay ended up with the Jets and do the Jets want to move on I would say a resounding yes would they love to see him in the AFC absolutely so the Jets would be a good fit for Green Bay I would think question is to what degree do they want to get do they consider it addition by subtraction getting rid of the high maintenance Aaron Rodgers and what would they take oh I think at this point the Packers are ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers I don't think to me there's no question about that I think we know that as soon as Aaron Rodgers had permission to talk to the Jets. I also get the vibe that he seems like someone who, if he doesn't want to be there but still is, he would not make life easy for the Packers, which not to say that he has over the last couple years, but I feel like it's probably for the best for all parties involved to move on. He he basically opted out of the offseason. They had all new receivers. He didn't spend any time creating chemistry and into the offseason workouts. He sort of went through the motions reportedly during the mandatory minicamp and then showed up in training camp, and they had a very slow start to the season. Then they put together a string of wins down the stretch, and all of a sudden he was connecting with his receivers, and supposedly Green Bay management is like, well, yeah, that's what we're talking about. If you would have invested from the beginning, we wouldn't have had the slow start. 
because it takes time to develop that connection with your young receivers. So if you would have been here as $50 million a year and a reigning MVP and actually put the commitment in the offseason, we'd be in the postseason. And so that was part of, you know, the burn bridges uh, between management and uh, the quarterback at this point. So Paul was channeling so the we'll Packers see. front office we'll pretty yeah, well. I was doing my little, uh, you know. By the way, it sort of feels my finger to the wind like the Cardinals – might have a preseason game in Green Bay real soon. Like every I'd once be fine with preseason. a decade, Cardinals go to Green Bay and Lambeau. I don't know. It just feels like the year. I don't know why. I'm just throwing that out there. I'd be fine with preseason. Looking into my crystal than football. December. And I'm we, forecasting we, we do have what two? Do we have two preseason road games? I think, or no, we only have one. One because of the, the way it sets up. Now, what about the reports out that the Cardinals were quote shopping DeAndre Hopkins at the combine? And then what did you make of DeAndre Hopkins working out with Des Bryant in the live streaming? As we go to our Cowboys expert, Whoa. Danny Sarek here. Who? What exactly? Where? What You tell us what to make of that. He's hanging out in the Dallas area, almost like he's trying to speak it into existence, DeAndre Hopkins. Mm, I don't take it as that. I take it as someone who's from Houston, so it really makes sense, I guess, to go back and forth if you're in Texas to Dallas and work out with certain trainers and players who are down there. I think he was working out with Von Miller. I don't take that as like if you're asking if that's, you know, all signs are leading to the star in Frisco for Hopkins. But I think it's hard to take it any other way after being in the comp- at the Combine in India. The fact that the Cardinals, like how could you not take it as they are interested in shopping him around? Because when Monty Austinfort talked, when Jonathan Gannon talked at the podium at the Combine, they both just kind of said, essentially, in more or less words, he's on the team right now. We, we, don't, we don't know if he's going to be on the team come training camp. And, and so well, I, It was the Jonathan Gannon quote that really got me. As somebody said, "Is do you expect DeAndre Hopkins to be on the team this year? And the first words out of Jonathan Gannon's mouth was, I'm not sure. I, I, I feel like it's doing your due diligence. What, what are you going to get from him? Because his trade clause we talked about last week on the podcast is now void because – of his suspension. So it's really all in the Cardinals hands. I don't necessarily see this as what we were just talking about with Aaron Rodgers, where if the Cardinals do keep Hopkins, I don't see that as the same of Hopkins making life difficult for the Cardinals in the way that it seems Aaron Rodgers has done for the Packers. I don't see that happening if he does stay a Cardinal, but to me, it makes sense to, to see what you can get for him. I don't know if it's a first, I would think you probably could, but from what at least reports we've seen, online which who knows how true those are at this point it's so early of i've really just been seeing a second yeah i'm i gotta be honest my hope for a first is dwindled so if that's the case is that worth the trade i don't know well once upon a time the cardinals traded with the texans and gave up a second and then david johnson and and they wanted to cut anyway right so they were more than happy to give up david johnson and the contract that houston took in return yeah now the reason that they got DeAndre Hopkins for a second at the time was because they had to pay DeAndre Hopkins. And they did. They did a deal. So, look, they're at the same point right now. With no guaranteed money on his deal, DeAndre Hopkins is going to want to do a new deal with his potential next team. So that would probably bring down the price you're going to get in return in terms of compensation to the Cardinals. So you can say, yeah, wait a minute, the Cardinals traded away a first-round pick for Hollywood Brown. Why wouldn't they get a first-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins? Well, totally different financial aspect to the investment in the player. But if you're asking me, by the time we get to training camp, is DeAndre Hopkins going to be a Cardinal? I wouldn't be surprised. I just It just seems like 
based on that response, based on the fact that Monty Ford didn't shut down the speculation, his answer was, and I'm quoting, there is plenty of time for that. In fact, D-Hop's 31. You're hitting the reset button. You can get a pretty high pick in return, even if it's round two pick. It's a loaded draft. It just you don't have Kyla Murray around for how many games? I would think they're you know DeAndre Hopkins himself. Look, I can tell you this much: there's a lot of interest out of Cleveland. Uh, they're talking a lot about reuniting Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. Jerry Jones already gone on the record. We messed up last year after the trade of Amari Cooper. We didn't get enough in return, or and or another number one receiver. So the Cowboys seemingly are interested. There's been reports that have cited the Chiefs would be interested. The Giants cut Kenny Galladay. What do you think is missing from that Giants roster right now that just went to the playoffs? A bona fide number one receiver. So I think the Cardinals will have interest in the live options. Well, to me, if they have that much interest, then if there's that many teams that are interested, then they might be able to get a first-round pick, especially when you talk about some of those teams that are going to be picking later in the first round anyways. It did, Darren. I think you you touched on this on the podcast last week. Of it, it feels like how do you walk backwards from what you're saying, the way that the Cardinals are talking about being open to trading Hopkins doesn't sound like someone you would keep around. Usually, you you're more, you know, saying, hey, you know, we like him. Rings lies the table. Like we'd be open to listening, but it it does feel like the Cardinals are pretty much saying, yeah, we've already been talked. Yeah. So it does feel like hard to walk backwards, unless maybe this is just trying to appease Hopkins maybe to a certain sense I mean he posted that like cryptic Instagram message like as soon as the season ended kind of thinking that's right so I I I don't know like I I understand I I think it's clear that the Cardinals are open and are probably taking those phone calls and it does seem likely that he will not be a Cardinal but now they have the power in their hands here's what we don't know We've Monty Austin now talked a couple of times about the conversation that he had with Hopkins and his representative uh, Hopkins, I think, briefly touched on it uh, at some event he was at. I know Tyler Drake of Arizona Sports asked him about it. In all three circumstances, all that we heard was it was a good conversation. Nobody has said what the contents of those con- of that conversation was. And for all we know, Hopkins said, yeah, I don't really want to be here. Let's, let's try and figure something out. And the Cardinals say, okay, we'll see what we can do, but just – Keep a lid on it until we can get something done. No, that's all good background. Uh, I would also cite Jonathan Gannon in his intro press conference. He was asked about DeAndre Hopkins, and he said he had yet to speak to him. So I thought that was telling a little bit, a little bit in a way. So, But look, Robbie Anderson, at least as of reports. Chosen. Yes. Oh, Thank you. Uh, and the twelve million dollar cap hit made it a certainty. So boom, he 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 was cut. Rodney Hudson. Well, he hasn't been cut uh, yet. Let's let's yeah. hold on here. He hasn't been cut yet. Well, I said I, okay. I'll go back to the reportedly. Oh, I said sorry, off the top. Sorry, I was trying sorry, to use sorry. that as a sorry. covering everything. Got but it. I, my question is here: Chosen Anderson, Rodney Hudson, who else? And how many other names? How many big names do you expect? Some serious change. You expect some trimming around the edges, or are there going to be some big names that are cut for salary cut purpose, purposes or otherwise? I'd have to look. I haven't looked at, at all the cap numbers. And the, the other reality of this, Paul, is that they have so many free agents anyways. I was going the other day. that the It is amazing how few offensive linemen they have under contract, considering well, how many guys came through here. Last I mean, let's year. go. DJ Humphreys, Josh Jones. Marquise Hayes. 
Marquise Hayes. Lasita Smith. Lasita Smith, both coming off the rookie years. Rodney Hudson for now. Okay. But I'm not counting not him. So I got there. four. Uh, I have four O linemen under contract right now. Yeah, that Darren, you might have to suit up. Might be it. I mean, um trying to think, man, I'm running through it right now. I mean, I mean, and, and I the mean, Cardinals played a Will dozen Hernandez offensive was on a one line. Year. Who? Yep. Will, Will Hernandez yep. was on a one Hernandez year. Hernandez was a one year. Yep. Um, the, the Simmons kid on the practice squad, they re-signed him. I mean, you're Rashad Cowards, you're Cody free Fords. Agent, Those were agent. all one-year deals. Yeah. Free agent. So that's what I'm saying. Yep. Like, yep. I don't know if there has to be a bunch of cuts because there just aren't a lot of people under contract. Right. And and that's really going to get driven home next Wednesday when I flip the roster and, and take off all the guys who are not under contract. And on the website, there'll be very few people. I mean, I, I don't want to go a shock jock podcasting here, but like would someone like a James Conner or a Zach Ertz be a potential target? I, 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 from what we have seen online with the the projections of this draft class the one position at the podium at the combine when Monty Osfort was asked how deep this draft class is the one position he named was tight end that's right he did and that's the only I hadn't yes. Paul I hadn't thought about a cap hit with Zach Ertz until this moment of being a possibility now the thing is is do you feel like you have enough in Trey McBride to do that I don't know that don't, the answer is yes. And don't forget, Jonathan Gannon said you're going to be going in 11, 12, and 13 personnel all the time. So, and and who else? You, Trey McBride and Zach Ertz are really your only tight ends right now. True. And you know what? Zach Ertz goes back to the Philly days with Jonathan Gannon. There yeah, is at least I, I find that, that connection there. Unlikely. I don't. I don't know that you would cut James Conner. Um, but I guess anything is possible. I mean, look, going forward, you're you're coming off a four-win season. You're either part of the solution or part of the problem. James Conner is most definitely part of the solution. I mean, you're trying to hit reset on the culture and have a physical team. That is definitely James Conner. I'll say that much. You're not cutting Ertz. He's he would be ten million in the dead money, and you'd only save two point six. Okay. So that's not happening. Gotcha. All right. I'm going to look up Connor while we're talking. I'm just throwing out some names, just wondering, you know, if there's a big name. Because there's always a shock. There's always a surprise move that none of us saw coming that somehow, some way makes sense, either financially or otherwise. Even a veteran who may not be want to be around for what could be a rebuild for the next year or two. What is Not Connor either. No. Nine point seven in dead money, only saving seven hundred thousand. What is Marcus Golden? Marcus Golden is somebody I could see that happening to. I don't. He does not. I. I think. What was the deal he signed? It wasn't or, much. Uh, yeah. It wasn't much. Well, and speaking of Eagles connections, look, uh, if you're gonna let's say you draft a Will Anderson and you want to have a veteran edge guy, a Brandon Graham would be out there. Uh, free agent from the Eagles, and then Jonathan Gannon has that connection. If you're looking for defensive linemen, whether or not you bring back Zach Allen, and hopefully the Cardinals do, I think we all agree on that, but you still have a need for defensive linemen, a Javon Hargrave, a Fletcher Cox, even a Dominican Sue had that one-year deal with the Eagles. These guys all have connections to Jonathan Gannon, obviously. They would also come in, and guess what? They would know his system. They would know his culture. They'd be able to model it for all the other players. These are veteran guys who are highly respected. I could definitely see that happening. 
that there would be a couple of key acquisitions from the Eagles that would A, fill a need on your depth chart, and then B, would sort of model that culture that Jonathan Gannon wants to instill. Jonathan Bradbury. James Bradbury. James Bradbury, James Bradbury Jonathan Bradbury. Corner. They're, they're yeah. all the same. You need corners, especially if Byron Murphy isn't coming back. You know, and that's a total unknown at this point. I will say on his on his Instagram story over the weekend, he was out by Ooh, Murphy okay. and posted of being somewhere. Basically, it looked like more like a restaurant, but you know, with bottle service, they bring the sign and it can say whatever you want on it. And no, got, I've never had bottle. I, service. Actually, I wouldn't know Let that. Let me Danny. enlighten you, guys. you. Tell us. I wouldn't know either. I'm just just guessing um they have they have like these like little marquee signs they hold and they've got like little fireworks coming off whatever and you can tell them to say whatever you want and his said free agent which makes me believe that he is going to test the waters okay now how likely is it he's going to sign somewhere coming off a year where he only played how many games with his back injury of i don't know what kind of deal you're going to get so maybe he ends up back with the cardinals on a prove it deal but i would i would take that as Byron Murphy is probably going to test the waters. I, and I'm thinking, too, if he's got to take a – it'll be like a Hassan Reddick one-year prove-it deal. You'd rather go prove it somewhere else than prove it to the team you yep. feel like you've already proven yep. it to. So yep. if he does a one-year deal, I'm guessing it would be elsewhere. Maybe Denver? Vance? Vance Joseph? Possible. Could I could see that. They're loaded in the secondary, though. They, they don't necessarily have personnel issues. But, yeah, yeah, I, I could absolutely see that. So – um, you know, but other than that, look, and then a receiver, if DeAndre Hopkins is, uh, on another team, then you're obviously gonna have to make some additions and bolster the receiver spot. But I uh, think that was going to, th- I think to a certain degree you have, you have Antoine Wesley is a, an exclusive, what is he? He's restricted. Restricted, restricted free agent. Restricted free agent, yes. You have, if you don't have Hopkins, you have no height. Yeah, I was going to say they You need they someone need to, for those contested balls. They need to start getting some size in the wide receiver room, which I would assume is going to happen anyways just because they're Agreed. shifting offensively from Cliff Kingsbury. All right. I think our work here is done. What, I mean, anything else? Any other anecdotes? Uh, this time last week we spoke. You guys were at the Combine, but not even halfway into your work week. So what else was newsworthy and noteworthy over those final three days? Nothing big. I, I, I'll be honest. I, the, the first thing I'm thinking of when you say what else is like when we're when we convene next week, it's, we're going to be right on the precipice of the newly year because it'll be Wednesday at one o'clock Arizona time. Don't forget the clocks change for everybody this weekend. This weekend? This okay. weekend. Not us. Gotcha. Not us. But we will now be on Pacific time. Boo, I don't like that. See, I do. But whatever. So wait, uh, whatever. We're going to spring. Oh, no, we don't change. We okay? don't change. But the rest is so. But, you know, now Danny's probably going out of state for her birthday palooza. Yeah. So you're going to lose an hour, whatever destination you're going, going out outside. Of oh, but she will have bottle service. <laughs> I wish. God, I'm not buying that for myself. If somebody, right. you know, no, I'm not going to put that offer out on the podcast. Yeah, don't do that. Mm-mm. I bet you Never somebody, mind. somebody in the girls room <laughs> will, will pony up. I, I, I don't know. It's it's not cheap. But if you guys uh, again, are interested, if you guys would like know. to, if you guys would like to join us on Saturday, where are you going? I'm not going to tell you over the podcast. Oh, that's a good point. Darren was going to ask what. Bir- if the two what? of you came out, I thought on Darren Saturday was for what? my birthday, I might splurge in a bottle service because we're also <laughs> celebrating Kyle Deroni, our our videographer, producer, editor. His birthday is next week, and mine's over the weekend, so we're doing like oh a, goodness gracious with our friends. But if the two of you came, uh, I would honestly very highly consider yeah. splurging on bottle service. How just many to of see your that. friends do I know? 
A, a good amount. I would think so. Yeah. You are my friend. What are you talking oh, about? I appreciate that. Day. <laughs> uh, you, you tell we me, always have lock you, you're telling me You're telling me on the expense report that you two filed from Indianapolis in the combine, there was no bottle service buried in there somewhere? You're sure, you're sure there wasn't? Not on anywhere, the podcast. I don't know ball. there's anywhere downtown that even no, had I, bottle right, service. That's a good point. I don't right. know. Well, I don't know. The, different vibes. We, we were not going to Prime 47 where everybody else no. was. No. If you see a sign with pyrotechnics coming off it and it says happy birthday this weekend, that belongs to Danny Sarek. And that'll do it for Cardinals Underground. Brought to you by Pacific Office Automation.